Vegas is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is officially Monday morning, uh, 12.06 a.m. as we are recording this. Bengals fall to the Ravens and I just a disappointing loss, 19 to 17. They fall to two and three, one game behind the Baltimore Ravens in the division. Third in the AFC North overall, drop two in the AFC North. Not ideal for this team when you look at the three losses. Obviously, everybody remembers week one. Everybody knows what happened in week two in this game. You're not getting blown out in any of these losses. You're just shooting yourself in the foot, and that's what happened with this team. We've talked about the offense. We've talked about Joe Burrow. I know you're going to go and watch all the tape this week, and we'll get more in-depth on Joe Burrow's performance, the offensive line. But let's focus on the defense. Um, It's one of those units where there was a lot of comparison. I I talked about this earlier. They You hear throughout the weeks, oh, look who the defense faced. Are they really that legit? Are they good? Are they top five? Um, You know, you can point to the the last run of Lamar Jackson in this offense being able to get in Justin Tucker's range. And that wasn't ideal, but they were on the field a lot in this game tonight. And I think there were a lot of moments to show you that this defense can keep them in a lot of games. I know Joe Burrow can. You always have a shot when number nine is on the field. Um, But there are times when it feels like, man, it would be really nice if the offense could help this unit out on the defensive side because of all the things that they're able to do. We mentioned the Von Bell interception. Uh, It's wild. Him in the last two games, that's number three in two games. And he just switched the momentum when he got his interception and really kind of changed things. And they got to Lamar Jackson again, you know, trust and Lou what they're able to do. They don't want to give up the second half touchdown. Uh, you, You take field goals every day and you'll definitely get those with Justin Tucker. But if you were to look at, Hey, you fall to two and three, that sucks. What are some of your takeaways on the more optimistic side right now? Cause we can be optimistic after five weeks of football. It could get really dark but we can stay a little optimistic right now. Yeah. um, So there is some optimism with the defense, although I think the performance was a little bit less good than it seemed. Um, Just Lamar missing throws that he should hit and normally does hit. Uh, But there is some good with it. Uh, They did a good job overall, especially in that second half. They still haven't allowed a second half touchdown, I believe I saw, which that's insane. (laughs) But um they started to be able to stop the run better. They tackled pretty well. I thought they had a decent plan for Lamar. It seemed like they came with a lot of nickel pressure and that worked in, I think it was 2020. That worked pretty well in the first game when they actually played the Ravens close, although Burrow took a bunch of sacks and there was, I think that might've been the game that they were almost shut out and then they kick a field goal and Wink gets all upset about it, but then they lost like, 14 to three or something like that. The defense played well in that game and they brought a lot of nickel pressure. And I think they did that again, this game, because I kept seeing Mike Hilton trigger, but uh, I want to say, Oh, shout out Jermaine Pratt. Uh, my guy with that, when he was a spy, I think they did a two spy system on that where one was on the left, one was on the right. So they didn't have to try to actually follow him around completely, but to be able to trigger and come down and make a tackle on Lamar Jackson in the open field as a linebacker, Pretty crazy. Well-earned sack. I thought there were a few instances where Trey Hendrickson got really close to coming away with a sack. There was one instance where he almost gave up the strip sack. I was right behind him. 
hands coming down, but the ball got out and it's just ah so close. Um, overall, just I thought I was frustrated by some of the run defense and a little bit of the breakdowns in coverage. I really hated the one. All they ran was like mesh. Maybe might have been mesh with another guy behind. I don't know what you call that, but and. Trey Flowers thinks he's passing his guy off. And I don't know whether he thought he was passing, whether he was supposed to or not. You never know with these things. I feel like with that structure, it made sense that he could have when I watched the dots. And then Von Bell would be the guy I think that should have picked him up. But overall, I was just like the one guy, the one guy you can't. Yeah, it was almost embarrassing that they have one good receiver right now, and Duvernay is what he is. I thought he's fast to work down the field, and he does a lot to run through contact and after the catch type stuff, but he's not a guy that I'm really worried about him burning somebody on a short route. One guy. It was just one guy, and you know Lamar's going to look at him. To leave him like 10 yards open because of a miscommunication is so frustrating. I don't think the Ravens ran anything crazy is the other part that makes me frustrated. They ran like a little mesh play, which is just um, two guys run in at each other from opposite sides underneath, and how defenses usually respond is either just trying to man that up and run with them. A zone is what works best, but they weren't in a zone coverage. And then the other way is what Trey Flowers looked like he might have tried to do, which is, man, until I get to about halfway, then I'm going to pass him off and drop into a zone, and somebody else is going to go pick him up from that zone with good leverage. The whole point is that Von Bell's coming from the left side and uh, Flower- and the route's coming from right to left. So he's running right into Von Bell there if he picks him up. But Von Bell clearly didn't think that's what was happening. So – that's just frustrating that I think it's what their only touchdown they gave up was just a stupid miscommunication with where you leave their best player wide open. And that's, I know nobody wants to hear this after a loss, you know, especially one like that where you could have had the game and didn't even play that great. Um, But I still feel like this defense is legit and it's going to keep you in a lot of games. It's not ideal to be on the other side in the division, dropping two games, uh, two, you could even say at least one you should have had. Uh, if you want to count week one, that looks worse and worse uh, every week. But unfortunately, a lot of these teams didn't have to face TJ Watt. We've said that plenty of times. So I think that changes the Steelers as a whole. Um, but just the AFC North picture, Cleveland lost today. They dropped to two and three. Steelers, I think they're they're going to be out of the picture. I'm I'm just uh, <laughs> just going to say that right now. I don't really think that they're considered. I, look, this could all come back and bite me, but uh, I, I would just say you have these three teams. We saw what Baltimore is tonight, and you look ahead to a favorable schedule. Nothing's guaranteed. Obviously, we, we we've seen the first five weeks of football, but you get the Saints. Not going to be easy on the road. Homecoming for Louisiana for Joe and Jamar. You come back home, you get the Atlanta Falcons. You get Monday Night Football with the Cleveland Browns. And they've had Cincinnati's number for for a while now. And that was the Baker Mayfield days when he'd play out of his mind. Just kind of the outlook overall, looking ahead with this team in the AFC North picture. How do you feel about them? Um... I mean, I feel pretty good, at least about the next two weeks. I I think the Saints are a tough out, and they have a tough defense. And 
It might be another game that's annoying for Bengals fans. Everything is just like they've got a really good defensive line. They've got some corners and um, Tyron Matthews there. They've got a few safeties. And Demario Davis is one of my favorite non-Bengal players. He's just a maniac at linebacker. Oh, man, I love that guy. He, guards running at him. Usually, like, if a guard catches a linebacker, like, the linebacker's in trouble, he just knocks him over and <laughs> just keeps <laughs> running. It's awesome. But um, I think they're a tough out, but I think the Bengals should win. Fairly confident that they do. And then the Falcons. I don't, I don't have any confidence right now. <laughs> uh, the, the Falcons at home is one you should really be confident in, but also they just played the Bucks closer than you'd like, although I thought the score was for – the score was closer than I think the game. They were up 21 nothing at one point. I don't believe in the Bucs. That's my hot take. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and I don't believe in the Bucs right now. Well, at least my Eagles look pretty good. <laughs> Dude, the kick. The kick goes uh, wide, left, right. Didn't happen. They, they, don't, they don't tie the game up. Kyler Murray. It's crazy because you think of Kyler Murray, and you think of Russell Wilson, and you think of all the money that they made in the offseason and where they are right now to start the season. Um, but I mean, look, I've always kind of looked at the glass half full and that's not awesome for a lot of Bengals fans right now. Cause I know they're really down. Um, I just glanced at social media while we were recording and I'm getting notifications on my phone right now. And there are really a lot of unhappy people and I get it. I get you're frustrated. Obviously, uh, expectations are super high after a, I would say surprise Super Bowl run. Not that I I would. I knew they had the talent. We saw it in 2021 in training camp that this defense was legit. You have Joe Burrow. You have the weapons. Look, they could put it together and be pretty good. And Evan McPherson was a weapon last year and helped them win a lot of games. But the expectations are going to be high from your fan base because that just happened and you proved, hey, we can do this. We have all these years in front of us, a young roster. We haven't even, you know, extended our quarterback yet. And we have youth and talent and our defense is young and free agency and everything that we've built that this team can compete again and they can be a top of the AFC. I don't think you should look at these five weeks of football and say mm, they're out bad football team. They're not good at all. They have a legit defense. I still believe in their special teams with, with Evan McPherson and this offense is going to get it figured out. I would feel a little more optimistic. I know you're going to watch more of the offensive line tape, and we'll we'll break that down on Tuesday's podcast. But, you know, it's starting to come together. It's starting to gel a little bit. Looks like Jonah Williams, you know, might be okay. He did come back in the game, so that's good news. And, Joe, you're always going to have a shot with nine on the field. Like 100%. You can look at the NFL as a whole, and you can look at the Giants and some of the teams that are 4-1 and one to start the season and say – Mm, their quarterback's okay, he does enough, but the talent around them, you know, has helped them. I still feel like the Bengals offense is going to get it together and we're going to see more of those 2021 highlights in, in a full game. Um, and maybe I'm just on a tangent and it's 12, 17 and I'm extremely tired and I'm trying to be optimistic, but <laughs> I think they're going to be okay. I, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're, it's, it's fair to feel frustrated right now because the three losses are games that they were in and they could have had. I'd say the Cowboys one is the only one maybe they shouldn't have just because they got off to a bad start and they did came back, they did come back and make it a game, but they lost the game. Um, week one and week five are ones that you're going to point at and look back and say, what could have been? Yeah. And, and for me personally, I just want to see more out of this offense and we're just not seeing it right now. Uh, I think that old school, but 
I do think that the run game getting to like this five, six yards of carry is going to open things up because defensive coordinators don't, their least favorite thing is runs going for six, seven, eight yards a pop. So I think that is kind of what opens it up a little bit. And this makes an average is over six yards of carry if they just don't run that toss play. And then you're, I mean, you're talking about like a dominant game from him. really want to talk about it. We'll get more into it. It looked to me like when he was at his best and when the run game was rolling, it was a lot of gap, which the Bengals have been a zone team for a while, which is, you know, getting on a track and running and moving those guys horizontally. The gap stuff is more vertical and pushing forward and more design. Like you're going to pro you're going to hit here type stuff. So they ran one of my favorite plays. I think it's hard to tell on broadcast and everything, but they only one viewing, but call it an insert ISO play, just old school football, that ISO where you get the fullback right up to the linebacker and you run right behind them. This time you do it with a tight end that comes around and he took, I believe it was Patrick queen, moved him, Mixon goes right behind like eight yards. And they a lot of the time they got to the duo play and all these other counter plays that just, they work really well when they were in the shotgun and able to do that. And I think that that is just like kind of kill the under center offense. If you can run effectively from the gun, who knows if it stays that way, but it, the reason gun game doesn't always work that well is because teams really key off on well, you're, you've got the running back on your left. Almost every team always has a play that's basically running back to the right. Uh, Bill Belichick talked about that being a huge thing of like, well, we know when teams are in the gun, they can really only run these concepts to the right and these ones to the left. When they're under center, they can run either way. If the Bengals have enough runs that they can get back to the same side, so if the running back's on the left, they can have all these plays that get to the left side, counter, ISO, duo, all these gap plays, and then still carry their inside zone type stuff to get to the right side and long trap and some other things that they do, then you have a really effective shotgun run game. You don't need to get under center where Joe Burr is clearly uncomfortable when he does his play fakes and doesn't like turning his back to the defense. And maybe that's the key to really opening up the offense is to just be full on spread type offense in the gun all the time, have a good run game from there. Cause that I think is like the start of, well, now teams, they're going to have to maybe roll that safety down or something just so that they could stop Joe Mixon and this run game from going for seven yards of carry and just bleeding them dry. I don't know. That's my thought on the, the quick thoughts on that. I, I really want to talk about though. Cause I was like, Oh, they've really gotten away from being a wide zone team, which they should have because this offensive line just was a disaster with it. And, um, I think that meeting between Mixon and the offensive line was very productive. See, we're an optimistic podcast. We're going to end on a great note. Um, but if they keep losing, we're not going to always end on a good note. <laughs> um, we are going to be optimistic when we can find it. Uh, but there are plenty of things to break down this week. It's a huge game on the road against the Saints. But we'll go back and watch the tape. Um, I say we, uh, Bengals underscore Sands, Mike will. And uh, we'll break it all down and, and get more in-depth on this offensive line, Joe Burrow, the run game, Jamar Chase, you know, what it looked like offensively and defensively for this team later in the week. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We'll have more episodes coming out later this week. Make sure you follow along, Bengals underscore Sands, and at LNDS Patterson on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Another recap as the Bengals fall to the Ravens 19-17 to 17.